welcome back to the uh, to the podcast. Um, it's it's a happy Thursday. I've got Matt Johnson with me. Matt is my good friend, my podcast producer. He's an entrepreneur himself. And uh, welcome, Matt. Thanks for coming back on. We got a lot to talk about today. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, and for anyone that can't see the video, we match today. We're both wearing our official blue we shirts for some reason. We did not coordinate this. Uh, I'm in I'm in a collared shirt. You're in a polo collared shirt. Uh, so we didn't coordinate on the shirt sleeve length. We're a little yeah. off on that, but everything else we got right. Um, for everybody noticing the black eye, uh, my, it was my dog, not my wife. It was my dog. I was playing with my, we got this, I got this puppy. He's 85 pounds. <laughs> was it a paw or did he, did he headbutt you? No, nah, he headbutted me and uh, we, were, we were playing and he headbutted me. That's hilarious. I was wondering, I thought maybe you sucked yeah, yourself. Yeah, everybody's like, everybody goes, what, out. What, the, what the hell happened to your eye? I'm like, oh, it's my, my puppy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many, so, so many places we could go with that. All right. So we're talking about the balance of power shifting. Yep. Uh, we're talking about labor shortages. We're talking about the fact that people are reevaluating their priorities. They are yep. keeping their eye out for other things, even though you may not realize that your people are. Uh, and if you're on the executive side, you're probably wondering like, hey, like what's what's in it for me? Do it, do I have the right structure in the place that I'm at where I actually get to share in the rewards if I if I do a really good job? So there, there's a lot that's been on your mind. So let's just talk about the balance of power shifting and what you're seeing out there right now. And then we'll talk about just how companies can deal with it. Yeah, a couple, a couple, cool. Like, like I read incessantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I read incessantly. So Wall Street Journal. I yeah, yeah like fo- I don't get my news from Fox News. I don't get it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get everything I need to know about the world in the Wall Street Journal, in Reuters, in all your business magazines because they, you know, look, business is a very neutral platform. I, I think it's ec- business and economics. But what tells me that the the balance of power is really shifting. Great Wall Street Journal article, I think it was two days ago. And it was talking about you know, this work from home thing where very crafty, you know, never underestimate the creativity of an American worker, <laughs> a skilled American worker. Okay. Great Wall Street Journal article, and they're talking about, I got a secret. I got two jobs. Mm-hmm. And these people are working from home, software engineers, technical people, highly skilled, whatever's. And they, they've got a company that hired them and they're like, Hey, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not killing it for them, mm-hmm. but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're full-time jobs. And they're like, Hey, look, you know, at the end of the day, my company never really cared enough about me to help me kill it. Mm-hmm. They never killed it for me. So I'm working for them. And oh, by the way, I saw this other job on LinkedIn or somebody approached me for it. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I got two jobs going. <laughs> and they're doing Zoom calls and they got two computers and they're you know, muting one or they're saying, hey, I'll, I'll see you on Slack. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, look, yeah, it's a little stressful. I don't really want to get, you know, it's not illegal. I don't want to get found out. Mm-hmm. Might put me in a weird position, but at the end of the day, there was one article about a guy's making 500 grand working two jobs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm working, I'm working hard, but at the end of the day, I'm putting a lot of money in my pocket. I'm doing exactly what both companies need me to do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A year ago, two years ago, that would have been absolutely unheard of. Yeah. You never would have, never in your life would have, but 
it tells me that employees now feel like, hey, look, I got so much power and my skills are in such demand. I'll try it. That is true. I'll try it. And I got some latitude. I'm working from home. I'm, I'm getting done what the company needs me to get done. If I can do that in 20 hours a week, I'll do it in 20 and I'll work somewhere else for 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that now companies, and then the second article I was reading was Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines now has an employee referral program. Refer a friend to our company to work. We'll give you 300 bucks. And it just tells you that Southwest Airlines has always been an employer of choice for a lot of people mm. um, in the nation. Yeah. Well, consistently top 10 employers in the country to work for. And now they're even having a hard time finding right. people. So I think what's, you know, when I talk about, you see that balance of power, and I don't exactly know what, what truly caused the major shift. Maybe just a lot of people are retired. Maybe a lot of people just say, Hey, hands up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking control of my life when I can't really take control after COVID or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing it, but I got a lot of skills and these skills are in demand and I'm going to start to, you know, put value in my life. Um, you know, so that, you know, that, you know, look, I'm never about balance. I'm always about a lot of times it's for the company or a lot of times for the employer. And a lot of times the employer has to give to the, to the person, you know, and it's always a, mm-hmm. it's sort of a teeter totter. Yeah. But that teeter-totter has now shifted towards labor. Yeah, hardcore. For whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah, okay. You know, I think it, you know, it, it brings a lot of, it brings a lot of corporate, it brings a lot of need to corporate boardrooms to enhance emotional intelligence <laughs> and how they deal with not just, I'm not talking about unskilled everyday, everyday workers, you know, at the end of the day, that's just a money thing. They'll, you know, 15 bucks an hour, 16 bucks an hour, 14, whatever the number is, you know, whatever, you know, that's just a money deal. Mm -hmm. But for your skilled employees who really bring value to the company, I think it's bringing a major shift in mentality and how they're dealt with and how you interact with them and how you bring value to their lives. So let's dig into that a little bit. So the emotional intelligence part, uh, I think you see it probably show up or the, or the lack of emotional intelligence show up a lot in the negotiation process. That's the impression I get from the stories I've heard from you. Yeah. And it sounds like that's one of the, the, the places where that lack of emotional intelligence shows up and then starts the relationship off with an executive off on the wrong foot, even if they do end up completing the deal and bring that person in. So what are some things that you've seen that you would avoid or maybe some ways where they need to get better at emotional intelligence to make sure when they are bringing somebody in, they bring them in and and maintain their enthusiasm to actually come in and do what they're hired to do. Yep. A um, couple things. One, King Kong makes a bigger impression than Bambi. <laughs> okay. That might be the clip of the show right there. All right. Go, go on. Let's just talk about King Kong and Bambi. Yeah, you, know, you come in like you know, you see the person you want, and do you come in like King Kong and say, "Here's an offer they can't say no to." And if they say, "Yeah, round numbers," they want 150. Mm-hmm. We're getting 165. Mm-hmm. Or do you come in like Bambi? Ooh, will they take 145? Right. Because, and oh, by the way, will they move to Houston? Or, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 
Louisville. Yeah, Bambi don't. Yeah, that. Yeah, people that come in like King Kong will win the fight for talent all the time. Now, look, I'm not saying you have to overpay right. for everybody, but I'm saying if you want the top talent, you yeah, just did a search for a group and uh, CEO of the company just said, I need the right person who can help me double this thing in four years. And I'll pay him a trash load of money to do it. I want someone who wants to come in and work with me to double this business and who wants to get paid a lot of money to do it. Mm -hmm. like, wow. That is an awesome position. I don't even need a very physician description of that. All I got to do is yeah, throw that bait out there. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You're going to find the right person. Yeah. But on the flip side, when you limp into the fight, like Bambi, Oh man, yeah. Uh, we really want somebody's got. Oh, we want somebody's got to hit that home run, make a real, bring all their relationships and, and instant impact. And ooh, do you do you think they do it for 130 grand? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. And you know what? That person doesn't want to talk to your dumbass internal recruiter. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to. They don't want to go through an extended hiring process where everybody but the janitor wants to talk about their skills and ask them about the. They want to talk to the person that's going to hire them, the person that is going to, you know, is going. To, they're going to work for the CEO of the company. If it's a small company, the CEO of the company, or if it's a big company, the. And they want to say, "Look, are we a good fit for each other? Let's yeah. just cut to the chase. Are we a good fit for each other?" Yeah. And that's what they want. And, you know, yeah. King Kong climbs to the top of the Empire State Building. He says, you know, bring it on. He may die at the end, but Bambi did, <laughs> but Bambi did too. Yeah, I was going to say, man. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of it. But, but, but you get, do you get the analogy I'm making here? It's like Absolutely. When, you, when you come into the fight, when I, when I was flying in the Navy, they used to call it limping into the fight. Mm -hmm. If you limped into the fight, from a weak position, you got killed. Yeah. But if you came in hard, strong, fast, furious, in a, in, in a strong position, you won every time. Mm -hmm. And now when the balance of power is shifting, companies got to move the mindset of, hey, if we want top talent, what do we got to do to get it? Yeah. And not only what do we got to do to get it, what do we got to do to keep them happy? And what do we got to do to keep them here? Because it's one of those markets where, you know, hey, look, if, you know, um, you know, if, if we like a person, three or four other people probably do too. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, so. totally. All right. So uh, how much do you see things from, let's say, the world of sports where the negotiations are, probably, you know, some of the highest level in the world, right? You're negotiating mm -hmm. athletes that, that will make 150 to 200 million over the life of their next, the, over the life of their contract, right? right? So you see all kinds of things that there's structured, you know, multi-tiered performance bonuses, mm -hmm. different things like that. Uh, but essentially like the, the, the team, you know, an NFL team, an NBA team has the same incentive that a Fortune 500 company 
wants, which is like, hey, we'll pay you a trash load of money mm-hmm. if you can get us the performance that we're looking for. And ideally, we'd like to structure the contract in a way so that if you don't perform, we don't owe you as much money. And if you do perform, we'll pay you more money because we're gladly and happily making a crap a crap load right along with you. Right. Uh, our companies, is there any company that's, that's doing it really well? Are there interesting things you see some coming down the road to to make sure the the incentives are aligned that way? Private equity groups do it great. Private equity groups are some of the toughest people to work for. Private equity-owned companies are some of the toughest people to work for. But at the end of the day, you just got to understand what they're there for. And that is to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a time frame. They have a goal. Our, our, our typical goal is we're buying this company. We want to double it in five years. We want to get our shareholders a return quickly. And we want to get out. And we want people who are aligned with our goals and who will, you know, we will, we will compensate them in a way that their goal, that, that we're all aligned. They, if we win, they win. Mm-hmm. If we don't win, hey, thanks for playing. And when you talk about working for a private equity company, you're talking about being the CEO of a company that's owned by a private equity company? Private equity, yeah. Private yeah. equity owned, you know, CEO, CFO, general manager, salesperson, you know, where they come in and they say, hey, look, here's our goal. Our goal is, you know, we will pay you so much in a base salary. We'll pay you so much in a bonus. Hmm. And at the end of the day, here's where we want to be. If you had to help us get there, you'll make a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. if we get almost there, you'll get almost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get there at all, you made your base and bonus or you made your base, mm-hmm. but at least every, but you know, look, if we don't get where we don't make any money either. So yeah. if we don't make any money, we don't care if you make any money. Yeah. That's kind of the way it is. I mean, that's business. Hey, if I, if I can't make money, I mean, I called the guy yesterday. He's like, if I can't make money on it, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. Why would you? <laughs> so, so private equity does it great. Um, mm. Where I'm seeing companies struggle right now is these big publicly traded companies who are kind of a mess, and they're like they, you know, they've got all these people, and they're like, you know, you know, it's like, hey, look, we want to return money, you know, we want shareholder value and all that stuff, and you know, and we bring people in, but you know, ultimately it's a base and bonus type of thing, or you know, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a job. Yeah, it's a job. Exactly. Now the question is, do people want jobs or do they want the opportunity to home run, hit a home run? I mean, sports analogy. You know, Pat Mahomes gets paid is getting his contract's like a half a billion dollars. You know? Yeah. I guarantee he'll bring in more than a half a billion dollars to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, he will. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, everybody wants Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, Tom Brady. You know, they're the top, you know, they're the top of the bunch. You know, and then you, you look below them and go, all right, who's the tier below? Who, you know, what do we have to pay these guys? Well, look, yeah. if you want a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady, they gotta have a pretty good team underneath them and they gotta be motivated to keep the top of the you know, you know, keep the top mm-hmm. levels you know, performance. So yeah. You know, some people hate sports analogies in business. I, I really, I, I look, it's, at the end I don't know. It's, that's it's all about that's money. A, that's a business money. analogy. I was going to say, that's not even on the field performance. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about GMs, like structuring contracts of NFL players, like that's, that's just flat out business. That's not sports. It's all about, it's all about business. And you go, yeah. what does this guy want? Yeah. 
And then when you sit there and you say, Hey, uh, well, will you do it for a hundred? Will he do it for a hundred or she do it for 140,000 bucks? Um, probably not. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, if, if that's a deal. And do you no. want the person, do you want the person that at the end of the day takes 5% less Mm -hmm. than what that position is worth on the open. You know what I'm saying? Like that, just you have to remember that that says something about them too, if they take it. Yeah. Now look, I'm going to throw a different, no, I'll throw a different scenario out here. Okay. I want, I want that $140,000 person or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if I want to pay under market, I want to, am I willing to take on a little bit of a project? Sure. Yeah. Am I willing, you know, if, hey, look, are you willing to put some time, effort, resources, and energy? Why don't you go find instead of that true, you know, proven performer, why don't you go find somebody who's got a lot of upward ability and groom them? Mm -hmm. You know, go find a you know, a young executive, late 20s, early 30s who's got a lot to learn, but they've got high EQ and high IQ mm -hmm. and throw them in the deep end and say, we'll work with, we, we know we're going to overwhelm you, but for the next 10 years, you're going to be really, really happy with it that we overwhelmed you. And you, you know, you're going to learn a lot. And, mm -hmm. You know, you'll, you'll never look back. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad, you know, but every, you know, I, 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 I rarely have that conversation with people. They all like, we, we want immediate results now. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. If you want immediate results, pay for it. Yeah. If you if you've got some patience, build it. Mm -hmm. Build your build the teams. You know, you know, the Atlanta Braves were, you know, once we're back, we're 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 a farm team again. But you know, the Atlanta Braves um have an amazing farm team system. Mm -hmm. You know, the Richmond Braves and they yeah. Uh I'm trying to think Dale Hubbard, Dale Murphy was a three-time MVP and he played for the Richmond Braves. I'm trying to think of the other two guys that he played with. Are we talking pitchers, all, pitchers back in the day in the nineties? Uh, Murphy was a third baseman. He played for the Braves. Mm. He played for Philadelphia. He was MVP with three different teams. Goodness. Um, but there were three all-stars on the minor league baseball team with him at the same time. They all <laughs> went up to the pros and they became, and this goes back, this, this goes back to, Jesus, I don't even know if you're bored, Matt. Uh, <laughs> it goes back to when I was a kid in like okay. 1980. And uh, <laughs> you know, but but they built they built this farm team and they invested in the farm teams. And I'm like, all right, let's yeah. let's go invest in these young people. And you know, that's and and then you know, for for a decade and a half, they were at the top of the, you know, the, at the you know, in the World Series or the playoffs, like every year they were, it was a dynasty. Yeah. It was all because they invested in young players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the equivalent of the draft. Yep. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I, I think there's, I mean, I, I do listen to a lot of NFL stuff and there's a good, a good analogy for you talk about the proven performer and, uh, which is what every company wants when they go out into the open market and find somebody rather than promoting from within, you know, that's the reason you go out and you find somebody on the open market. You want that proven performer. Uh, there's a former NFL GM that said, look, like going, going out into the free agent market is like getting, all of your weekly groceries at Whole Foods. 
there's really only a few things you probably need from Whole Foods that you can't get anywhere else, but you're going to pay twice as much for for the rest of the stuff. You right. buy the average bag of chips. They can get the same bag of chips at Whole right. Foods, but you're going to pay 30 cents more for the bag. Um, yeah, like you're, you're always going like if you go into the free agent market, you're the, the it's not it's not that you're going to necessarily overpay for what you get, but you're going to have to pay more than if you develop the talent from within. And you have to mm-hmm. accept that you have to acknowledge that, hey, I don't have the talent to just promote somebody with from within. So I'm going to go have to go into the open market and therefore I'm probably going to pay a premium. And uh, yeah, and if you want the right person that picks you and your opportunity over the five others they could pick, which in this market, they've got a lot of selection, then yeah, maybe you have to pay more than you would like to. Right. Well, think about it. You know, current events. Let's go to current events. Really good article I read about why the Afghan armistice you know, felt like a house, you know, the Afghan army, army felt like a house of cards. Yeah. And it came down to, they said that the morale was incredibly low in the army. They knew the Americans were leaving. They knew that their own government was corrupt mm-hmm. and they were, they were low pay. It was low pay. It was very dangerous. They knew the Americans were leaving and there was nothing, there was, it was, if, if it wasn't for a paycheck, Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing. Yeah, you know, there was really nothing there. So they're all like, "Hey, look, we'll just lay down our weapons and roll over like a, you know, like a yeah. puppy." Yeah. And they now you think about companies that are going, "Hey, look, if you continually go outside to get King Kong instead of developing the people internally, what do you? What's the message that you're sending to your? What's the message you're yep. sending to your 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 own employees? I mean, I worked at Gulfstream yeah. Aircraft." And this was the mantra of Gulfstream Aircraft. It was the it was the stupidest. It was the stupidest philosophy I've ever heard anybody say. Okay. They used to tell up and coming salespeople, or up and coming, you know, talented up and coming executives, yeah, go to Cessna or go to Dassault or go somewhere else, and get the really strong experience, and then come back, because we're like the big leagues. We don't hire from, and it was it was the literally that was the conversation okay and they would say yeah you're you're never going to get that job here go to a different company and go get it somewhere else go get that right experience and then someday you can come back interesting so they didn't want to promote from within it was almost like a big league club that had no minor league teams like not not interested we only hire people from other big league clubs right (laughs) so so they had this cadre of people who were there for the long haul they're all there for the long haul but to get to that upper echelon where you could really make some serious impact and some serious money mm-hmm. they never hired it. they never wow they never did it that's interesting yeah that violates the whole up or out principle you, you know, can't you can't have up or out if there's no up mm-hmm. now look yeah you know, now Gulfstream I think is actually one of the ways is yeah the a culture that was created at Gulfstream, it was it was a very aggressive culture. It was a very strong culture. It was one that that really is yeah. They, look, they've developed nine airplanes in a row on time on, on budget. And they haven't failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mentality back you know twenty years ago was you know leave, and then mm-hmm. come back and we'll we'll, we'll yeah, yeah that's well, so crazy. Yeah, at least yeah and you know now they hired great engineering talent and yeah. But they brought a lot of people in from the outside. You're like, wow, what, what do you what's what are you telling the folks internally when you're not promoting? Yeah, interesting. So, you know, that's uh, hmm. yeah. So that's what that's why the shift of power. I think you know when talented, skilled executives are realizing that, hey, look, 
you know, uh, you know, I get it from a, from an employer standpoint, when you got a thousand employees, you can't focus on any one person, but you break that thousand, those thousand employees down into small teams, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got somebody who is supposed to be thinking about their team. Who do I want to coddle? Who do I want to you know, raise up? Who do I want to be bringing along? Mm -hmm. Who are the 80% that are going to be okay? And who are the 20% I just want to get rid of? Yeah. Right. You know, it's, you, know, you want to make sure that you're, you're really focusing on the people that really want to be there and really want to do well and really, and you're making sure that they have all, not just the tools they need to be successful, but the support, the drive, the discipline, the, you know, you know, that, that feeling of, Hey, if I do well here, these guys really have my back. Yes. And there's the, you know, then there's people that are going to do okay. And then you got, yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. everybody else you don't care about. Yeah. Um, you just let them self-select out and they do. Mm -hmm. So I think, but that's the shift to balance power. If you make it, if, if everybody feels powerless, they'll go get their, they'll go get their own power. Yeah. They'll find the, 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 the resourcefulness and the intelligence of the American worker allows them to go find their own power. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in today's, like the way it is right now. So, yeah. Even if it means flat out quitting and then figuring out what else they're going to do. You know, we talked about this I think before we hit record that 4 million people quit their jobs in April. I guarantee you all 4 million didn't have their next job lined up. I started, why, why did I start my business? <laughs> why, why did you start? You know, 14 years ago, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I walked away from a, you know, from a, a very high paying, you know, base plus commission job to a zero base, all commission job. And then when, yeah, that, yeah. When the, you know, the banking industry blew up and we blew up and and we see, you know, people were saying, well, come to work with us. You can make this much money. I'm like, you know, I could probably go make that on my own. Yeah. You know, I could go do that on my own. I can do it on my terms. I can do it. You're starting to see a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. good. So I, I like it too, but in the end of the day, I mean, it's, um, you know, never underestimate. I think that's what makes this country so great is I look at people and their resourcefulness and their ability to go, Hey, look, I'll just go, you know, I'll go make my own way in life. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. And I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, you know, employers and companies forget that, you know, their employees are very resourceful. And if you, you know, they'll do it for you if you let them mm -hmm. or they'll go do it somewhere else if you let them. Yeah, it's true. It's a good place to end off. How cool, do man. people reach out and connect with you? 910-509-7129 is my office. Craig at NorthStarESG.com. All right. And then uh, for the podcast, make sure to go leave a rating and a review. If there's a particular guest, especially uh, that people enjoy, make sure to give them a shout out in the review. We read every single one. Uh, that's one of the best things you can do just to, thank Craig for, for hosting the show and having really amazing people on as guests, myself not included, of course. Uh, we're talking about the aviation and aerospace guests that he has on. So if there's somebody that stuck out, an episode that, that stuck out to you, go leave a review. Mention that in the review. We really appreciate it. Uh, and with that, Craig, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com or check us out at www.northstaresg.com. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.